Today I have with me the legendary prophet Kevin Leal. He has been a tremendous blessing to many nations, many souls, and has ministered to thousands upon thousands of believers. The next 20 to 30 minutes, we're going to be discussing the subject of not my problem. If you've been carrying false burdens, false guilt, and problems that don't belong to you because of things that others decided to impose on you, this podcast is for you. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Beyond the Pulpit with Rodrigo Luna. This episode was produced to explore life beyond public ministry, finding a balance between life, ministry, and the call of God. Today I have with me Prophet Kevin Leal. I want to share a quick story with you about when I first met him. He introduced this concept to me or thought of process that I never, never even thought about. And it was so liberating. It set me free from a lot of burdens that were false, that were not meant to be carried by me. And it was so um, eye-opening to have this revelation. And that is not my problem. That has been one of my most used lines in the last 18 months. I've used it time and time and time again, and it created such a free freedom from my heart. So I want to share this story with you. I was sitting in Dallas, Texas at a restaurant with Kevin Leo, and we were discussing things that were happening in my, with my family. I was sharing with him some of the problems that were coming on me um, from my mom and my dad. And it was just um, a lot that was happening at that time in my life where I thought I was responsible uh, for my mom. I thought that the responsibility of a husband that I should carry it as a son. And he looked at me and said, that's just weird because that's not your problem. And it didn't offend me. It didn't um, get me angry. It created a lot of liberty for me. And all of that to say that I'm by no way do I think that my mom is a burden, but I had a false responsibility and it was giving me problems in my heart, in my mind, and I was developing a codependency problem that was not even inside of God's design for anybody in their life. So I want to have Prophet Kevin share some of his experiences, thoughts, testimonies that he has experienced while sharing this tremendous message that I believe it will create great impact in your life. Go ahead. I'm glad to be with you today, Rodrigo. It's a, it's amazing how something that's in the Bible can be so obscure that we don't catch it. But that's exactly what sin does. Yes. Sin, sin is a thing that obscures things. But you know what? We have a generation. They want solutions, but they don't want to talk about sin. Right. They want solutions, but they want to talk about sin. And sin is the root of all our problems. Sin is disobedience to God's known commands living outside of his design. And so when you live outside of God's design, you're supposed to have problems. You're right. supposed to have trouble. You're supposed to have mental issues, emotional issues, physical issues, psychological issues, because you're living outside the design. And so the society that we live in right now, they're trying to find a way to fix broken people, but avoid the subject of sin. Yes. And so... So when you ever you talk about, uh, you know, what you were talking about, about, you know, taking false burdens, taking false responsibility, that's really what it is. Somebody had to sin to create that, that collateral damage inside of your heart. And so we know that your mom and your dad, uh, for the audience, were divorced. Right. And so because they were divorced, 
and your dad left the situation and he had been a Christian, but he walked away from serving like he should have been as a Christian, as a husband, it created a void in your family life. And so you being the only male, you're the only male, right? Yeah. Okay. You have a natural desire to take care of your family, your mother, that God put inside of you, but that's supposed to be released upon your marriage. You know, when you have your wife or you have your house. And so what happened is you had a premature entrance into taking care of something that really wasn't your your cares. And so I'm gonna give you a couple of scriptures so we can catch the gist of it so you can understand why it's so important. I'm reading from uh, the New King James Version, First Peter chapter five, but I want you to catch what he says when I talk about the word cares. Cares are something that are burdens, responsibilities, problems, uh, situations. Any of that can be a care. First Peter chapter five verse six says, "Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time." So, in other words, when you have a problem, you take it to God. Now, here's what happens: when I take a problem to God, if it's something I'm supposed to carry. God reinforces it, this is yours. But if I take a problem to God and he said, this is not your thing to carry or I didn't have grace in that area, then you have every right to accept that care, that problem, that burden from your, you know, being personally responsible. Verse seven of the key verse, casting your care upon him where he cares for you. In other words, you take your cares, your burdens, and you just look to God and the word cast is a very unusual word in the Greek. It means to hurl like a baseball, to throw a spear, to shoot something like an arrow away from you. In other words, it's not something that's passive. It's a violent act of casting away. It's something that you have to be intentional about. You just cannot be passive aggressive and cast your cares. There's no such thing as casting your cares and being a passive aggressive. That didn't work. Okay. So it says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. So in other words, God has care for you. He's on top of your cares. He said, I will care for this. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking who you may devour. Now, I want you to know this. Look at verse 7 again. Casting all your care, for he cares for you. Then it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. Seek you who he may devour. Who can he devour? He devours the people who don't cast their cares. So when I don't cast my cares, the devil has an entry point into my life. He makes a, a responsibility a trap for me. And so here's the thing that I want you to catch. There are three kinds of cares I'm going to talk about in this podcast. Three kinds of cares that are in every human being's life. Number one, there are legitimate cares that God gives you grace for. Legitimate cares that God gives you grace for. These are your responsibility. You can't deflect them. Matter of fact, <laughs> matter of fact if you deflect the cares that God gives you, it causes spiritual blindness. It causes hardness of heart. It causes 
deafness inside of your spiritual life. When God gives you a responsibility and the grace to perform it and you reject it, you end up having blindness, deafness, and hardness of heart. Your whole spiritual life moves into a vacuum where you're empty. And the scriptures have this in Matthew 13 where he says, you have avoided seeing this stuff. When he talks about a generation that was deaf and dumb, he says, your eyes avoided it. And we have this psychological thing inside of it that if we don't say something about it, even though we look at it, somehow we're not responsible for it, but God knows exactly what he's given us the grace for and the responsibility for. The second kind of care is a human care. Some human, some situation brings a care to you and through an illegitimate conversation, manipulation, seduction, some way, they make you think this human care is given to you. This is my responsibility. That's what happened to you. And the third kind of cares are demonic cares. They're demonic uh, situations, demonic thoughts, demonic emotions, demonic feelings, something that's inspired by a demonic personality. So you have legitimate human cares that you are to carry because you have the grace of God. It's your responsibility. You cannot cast those cares off. Number two, you have human cares. These are something that somebody else gives you to kind of make you feel that this is your your way to uh, help yourself or you're being a good person or a good son or a good husband or a good church member to carry this debt, to carry this weight, to carry this care. And the third one is satanic cares. That have nothing to do with God, and uh, that's exactly what Satan does to all of us now. The core of this is in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. And we know the scripture because it's uh, about the power of the Christ has come, the accuser of the brethren, but I want you to read this with me. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. And I heard the loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ has come. This is the key verse. For the accuser of the brethren, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So you have cares you don't cast and the cares that you cast down. So we have this spirit of the accuser coming to us. Let me just say that almost every false care, there's some accuser that's accusing you so that you'll take the false care. So once more, you have legitimate human cares you have grace for. These are things that you cannot avoid. God gave this to you. Number two, human cares from other humans or situations or burdens or responsibilities, they're not yours to carry. And then demonic cares, something that the devil has accused you of and has put this on you. Now, let me just say that anything that's not God, there's going to be an accuser voice or an accuser emotion that is in it. And so as we have and continue our discussion, and we understand that many, many people right now, if you're stressed, if you're worried, if you don't have peace, you don't have rest, you don't have this uh, internal righteousness, peace, and joy, that's the internal temperature of any Christian. If that is not the internal temperature of your spiritual walk, you're carrying some care that probably you're sure is not yours. It's not yours. So in your case, your mother, 
you know, I don't want to judge your mother and say she was outside the will of God or what she was doing, but it's very easy to try to transfer human cares, especially if you're overburdened, if you made bad decisions, you find yourself in a crisis, I've got to find someone to blame this on. I've got to play the role of victim and transfer on somebody else what legitimately should be mine. So that's where we'll start the conversation. And you say? Well, I think that that's so true because, you know, obviously um, I've shared with my mom some of the things because I needed to have a conversation with her to be free about the things that I was struggling with that she was putting on me. So when I came and put those boundaries up, her initial reaction because of her lack of uh, ability to be in uh, the lack of um, connection to a church or to Christ um, was not the greatest. Her response was just, you know, she buckled up and she took it as an offense. But I had just had to make a decision decision for myself that it literally was not my problem. That, you know, as a result of um, those guilt trips that she would try to put me on or the pollution and contamination that she had put in my heart towards my father, I had lost years of conversations and times with him that whenever I just started to making them up, I felt like I was gaining back life and my conversations with my father, they didn't start where we were at. They started where we left off. And I think that so many people that may be listening today or in the future, you have that problem that you have lost time within relationships. You have lost time in places with people because of people putting guilt on you that is not even real. It is not guilt. You know, it should not be there. It's it's something that um, has a fear, an obligation, and a guilt trip that has been um, imposed on you that is not healthy. And I think that you have to, all of us, at, essentially, at some point, have to make that decision. You don't cut the relationships off. You don't abandon that person you just make the choice to separate yourself for those specific scenarios and I just think that I have had that conversation since you had that conversation with me with thousands of people probably at this point because I have shared it on uh, when I'm preaching with Apostle Eckhart or where I'm talking with somebody else literally have had this conversation just about everywhere we go most of the things that we carry they're not our problems they're just not it's just something that we're not supposed to carry well, you know, the Bible says that Jesus has given us a measure of strength. He said that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that means that if God gives me something, I'm going to be able to carry this thing. Yeah. I'm going to be able to handle this thing. And so there are many reasons why people get out of the the right cares that they're supposed to carry. And I want to just say this so that people catch this. When man fell, everything in him got corrupted. Now we're still made in the image of God, but that image has been corrupted. So if you look at your life, almost all of our decisions, if they're not in the glory, in the glory of God, I mean out of his likeness and his nature. I'm not being led by his likeness and his nature. It's going to be rooted in some kind of a fear and some kind of a shame. So if somebody is using fear and shame in your relationship on a continual basis, those bonds or those connecting rods, like the reins of the horse, they're trying to control you, they're going to destroy you. Like if someone says to you, if I thought you loved me, or 
if you do this for me because you love me or I thought you was a good Christian I thought you was a good son <laughs> right or somebody says you know I need to borrow some money and you know they have no intention of paying it back but they probably like, you know you know you know I'm your younger brother you know our daddy died uh, you know daddy's an alcoholic uh, and they have all these reasons why that you should give them some of your resources or your time and what happens is it eliminates their own personal responsibility. Now, there are some people that are legitimately needy. They're legitimate. It's not something that's fake. They are legitimately our responsibility. But there are many people, they can take care of themselves. They just don't. They just won't. Right. And they find it better to mooch, to manipulate, to put false guilt or condemnation on you and make you responsible for something that you have no responsibility of. Like, it's taking from your family. Like, I know people that rob time from their children and their marriage because they get around these guilt, condemnation conversations, and they end up doing things that's got nothing to do to help their life. And they're doing it in the name of love, but it's not love. Because it's rooted not in your highest good, it's rooted in fear and shame and rejection yeah. Or manipulation or an accusation. Now, here's the thing. You know, the Bible says our soul and our spirit are so linked together that it takes a prophetic word from God to separate our soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, our memory banks, our conscience, our sense of right and wrong, even our personality, that's in your soul. Right. To our human spirit, which is whether you're born again or not, it's still separated. But because it's so fused together by God's design, it takes a word from heaven to separate this stuff. And there are people, they don't even know what normal feels like. I remember years ago, I was casting a demon out of a woman. And let me just say this to the audience. If you've never had any deliverance, you probably need some. If you've never had anybody pray a deliverance prayer over you, you probably need some. Why? It is impossible to take a white suit and go into a coal mine and come out without any black marks in your suit. <laughs> we have lived in a fallen world. There's demons everywhere. One of my favorite things is demons don't die. They just uh, recycle Christians. They just recycle humans. they always looking for somebody to live in or live on. Now, there's obviously where there's oppression, depression, and possession. There's really not that many cases of possession where you don't control it, but you're just oppressed. You just have this this fear, this foreboding, this weight on you. It's, uh, it makes it easier to yield to sin than fight it. But uh, many, many people have this kind of overshadowing of demonic spirit. But if you have that in your life, it's going to be really easy to be captured by the enemy and not fight back and not stand up for yourself. And so many times people, they'll be in a relationship and because they don't know what's normal, that they've never seen normal, they're captured. I remember I was casting a demon on this girl and uh, it, the session lasted maybe 30 minutes. And I kept saying, uh, uh, do you, is he talking to you? Because you commanded him and said, what's your name? And the demon was speaking. 
either to her or out of her sometimes that even would her eyes roll and she'd say, my name is, and there'd be anger or depression. And whatever the name of the demon was, her physical facial expression took on the emotion of that name. So she said, my, my name was depression. She would shut her eyes, lower her head. If it was rebellion, she'd grit her teeth and shake her head at us. So it was like, you know, this demon was controlling her, but she had a choice. And I, after about 30 minutes, I said, are you afraid? Is there anything else in you? And I kept saying, if you're there, come out. And I said, are you free? And she had this, like a little seven-year-old girl looking at a new, new something that she'd never seen before. And she says, I don't know. I've never been free before in my life. There are some people born in oppression, born in depression, born in manipulation. They've never, ever, ever, ever been free. Right. And there's some, there's some people... They're so used to drama, if they don't have drama in the relationship, they don't know what's wrong. They think something, and they will actually start drama, so they'll feel uh, like something is right. Yes, yes, they, yes, they, yes. They have, they, they have never been free, or they argue all the time, or like, here's another thing about this spirit, when it's demonic. When somebody's controlled by a demonic spirit of casting cares on you, they will take something that's neutral, it's not good or bad, and within 30 seconds, don't make it a negative. Right. And you find yourself, what the heck did I do to get this kind of behavior targeted? It's usually some more pressure on that person, and they're trying to cast the care on you. And so the big thing about human nature is that shame always blame. And so people are either living in shame or they're living in fear. Fear usually tries to cover up run away shame almost always blames so when Adam and Eve were in the garden and God came to them he asked a question how'd you get here now I know the King James says where are you well God knew where they were he's trying to get them to locate themselves how did you get here you know do you, do you understand that you're not where you're supposed to be in the relationship and in the garden they're hiding and he said how did you get here you know and so Adam blames God he says the woman you gave me He's blame shifting. And he asked Eve, how did you get here? He said, the devil. So whenever illumination comes and you're dealing with the spirit of false cares and you confront the person or the person tells you to do something or asks you to do something or manipulates you and you feel it and you push off, get ready for the fight because they're going to find some way to blame somebody else besides them because it's a lack of taking their responsibility. Right. So if I don't cast the care, it's because I didn't take the responsibility. <clears throat> so when you find people who are immature, live in a family situation like that, oh my God, any kind of relationship, whether it's a relationship, a business relationship, a ministry relationship, if they're used to shifting and casting cares, uh, man, it's a very difficult relationship. On the other hand, if you get people who have lived in that codependency of I will carry something just to make the relationship continue. They can't stand up for themselves. Like the lady said, she'll do anything you ask because she's so afraid of the relationship leaving that she maintains the relationship by being a slave. Or she'll be the one that carries all the columns. And if she, if she don't understand what's happening, 
you'll say, man, that is such a good serving person. Man, that is the nicest lady. She loves everybody. No, she's full of fear and shame, and she takes the responsibility she should not take for fear the relationship will break, for fear the relationship is going to dissolve and not be there anymore. And I know I'm talking to people like that today. Right. I know I'm talking to people like that today. They, they, don't, they don't even know they're being manipulated or they find resentment in their heart. They, they take something on and they resent it when it's uh, given to them. And the reason you feel resentment many times is not because you're lazy, it's because this is not your care. And many times you feel confusion or burden, not because you're lazy, not because you're a bad daughter. Somebody has put a care on you that's not yours caring. And here's the thing, Dr. Eagle, if I'm carrying cares with this no grace, oh my God, everything starts breaking down in my life. My emotions, my resistance, my mental patterns, my ability to relate to people. Why? I'm overloaded. This is so good. Anything overloaded is going to crash. Right. What happens if you overload a truck? It's going to crash. What happens if you overload an airplane? It's going to crash. What happens if you overload a relationship? It's going to crash. What happens if you overload a personal spiritual life? It's going to crash. And so I know a lot of people, especially people that have high gifts of mercy. Any gift overused becomes toxic. Yes. Any gift overused becomes toxic. Like I like pepper in my food. If I put too much, what happens? It's toxic. I like sugar in my, my beverages and my coffee. I put too much sugar, it becomes toxic. And so what happens is when people have mercy and kindness, it is so easy to take advantage of those people because their strength really becomes their weakness. And you know what? A lot of people that are not Christians like to manipulate Christians because Christians are easy to manipulate. All they got to do is put some scriptures on you and make you feel guilty for not doing what they want you to do. Yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, you see it in every political system, you know, and they'll put one scripture and it's what Jesus said. You know, Jesus said a lot of things. <laughs> you know, and, and so you find people say, "Well, Jesus said if you don't do this and don't do that, and they use it to support your their uh, political agenda." I said, "Well, Jesus also said, don't kill people." So you, the baby killer, who have killed uh, thirty million babies in your last thirty years of being in Congress, you reinforce this. You're telling me to do this. This is a form of manipulation. And so the way that you discover if these cares or false cares. For some people, you've got to get a revelation by the Holy Spirit. And all these people say you're free. You'll get a dream. <clears throat> you'll get a dream. You'll get a vision. You'll get a prophecy. You know, God can use even secular music to reveal, hey, you're under a false burden. You're carrying something that's not yours to carry. Right. And uh, it's, it's amazing how liberating it is. Once you get free of caring things, they're not your cares. You got a whole lot more time in your life. A lot. Your mental processes <laughs> are better. Yeah, you have a lot more time. You don't feel you don't feel this this burdening of self shame and guilt. Like I'm a bad person. You know, one of the things that happens with God, God never puts shame on us when He corrects us or when He does something. He never puts shame on us. He never puts condemnation. 
never saying I have the time. Shame says I am something wrong. Guilt says I did something wrong. God has no problem breaking you feel guilty. That's called conviction of sin. Right. That's that's, that's what conviction of sin is that makes you feel guilt. But the thing is that the difference is that when God makes you feel guilty, he doesn't make you feel like you're a bad person, like you're worthless, like you have no hope. Right. And and, and shame always makes you feel as though that you're inferior. And then if I do something, somehow I'm gonna be better. And shame is always an identity construct that talks about your identity. So there are slaves that are they've been in relationships and churches for decades and they're motivated by shame, they're motivated by fear, they're motivated by uh, I'm gonna disconnect from you. And they're they're very, very harmful relationships, very toxic relationships. And there are people right now, especially uh, women, uh, you just don't know how to get out of that relationship or how to balance that relationship. Really, it has to be balanced. You've got to learn how to put boundaries on your life. You know, anything that God makes has boundaries. There's nothing that God did not put boundaries around. You know, like uh, in the book that talked about Joshua, in the book of Joshua, he said, he, he tells Joshua, he said, wherever the sole of your feet tread, and people quote that all the time, Wherever the sole of my feet tread, I will be victorious. Wait a minute. God gives me boundaries from this border to this border to this border to this border. He said, anything inside your borders, you will have victory. You know what happens when people give you false cares? They take you out of your borders. You're supposed to fail. You're supposed to be depressed. You know, I was witnessing to a guy one time in our church just sharing, uh, he wasn't a lost guy. I was witnessing about and sharing and giving some of my wisdom because he said, Kevin, I have a problem. And so he's in a crisis. So he said, Kevin, can I have some of your wisdom? I said, okay. We go to a restaurant, sit down. He tells me his problems. I give him the answer. When the check comes, of course, I pay because he's in crisis. Yeah, right. Miles shakes my hand. And then uh, about six weeks later, he calls me, Kevin, can we get together? Man, that that time was so refreshing to me and it really helped me and I come back we went in the same restaurant he tells me the same problems he ended up needs them my wisdom that I've said he's in spilling crisis and of course when the check comes I paid the bill because he's in crisis so about a month later I'm back off the road and this guy calls me again hey Kev can we get up we meet in the same restaurant he's got the same problems and of course, when the check comes, I pay because he's in crisis. And so, this is the third time this happened to me. It's like 35 years ago. And this guy drives off from the uh, restaurant parking lot, and I say, What had just happened here? And the Lord said to me, You're whipping a fool. You've been <laughs> whipping fools. Oh, man, I got so back. I said, I'm tired of whipping fools. And the Bible calls somebody a fool who will not take wise counsel and adjust the road by the way that they walk on the road of life. They right. just won't do it. And and so here's the thing. If I give somebody wisdom and they acknowledge this is this is from God and they don't do anything about it, when they return back to me, if they haven't used my wisdom, 
that they asked for. I have no feelings of remorse whenever these kind of people don't take my wisdom and then they hit a wall. I have no feeling of responsibility towards them. It, even though I want to, I feel sorry. My soul feels sorry for them. Right. That's a very important thing. My soul feels sorry for them. But my spiritual understanding realizes if I help this person, I'm empowering a fool. And they're not going to learn. And so there's two kinds of ways you can learn in life. Through the wisdom of others or the consequences of your actions. Right. And so if I help people out of a situation where they avoid the consequences because of my rescuing them, and they need to have those consequences as a learning device, I basically am empowering the devil to keep them captured. Remember one time many years ago, uh, I used to be in the car business and I let a guy to the Lord. He's a black guy, probably 40 something years ago. And uh, this guy got saved. He really didn't get saved. He didn't read his Bible very much. And one day uh, he came to me and he said, Kevin, he says, I want to ask you a question. I said, what? He says, would you help me buy a car? Because he was uh, living in a place like seven or eight blocks away from the place he worked. And he was walking to work. And uh, he says, Kevin, would you buy me a car? And I'm thinking, man, I got a young family. I got two kids. Uh, you know, I mean, I wasn't right. poor, but I didn't have a lot of excess funds to buy somebody. I didn't have a relationship with a car. I mean, I live to the Lord, but that doesn't mean I got to take care of it, you know. <laughs> right. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to pray about this. Now, he lived about six blocks from the place that he was working. He had some kind of a living arrangement. I don't know, but he lived about six blocks from the place that we were working. And he was cleaning up cars in the back. He was a detail guy. He made decent money. Didn't You know, he wasn't setting the world on fire, but he was making livable money. And so he came to me and said, would you buy me a car? And I said, let me just think about it. So I went to pray about it, and here's what I heard the Lord say. He says, son, do not buy him a car. Buy him a used bicycle. Now remember, he only six blocks away from the job. So a couple of days later, he saw me, he said that, and he used the word brother, brother Kevin. I mean, you know, he wasn't, you know, he had a little scam in him. Brother Kevin. Uh, did you pray about getting me a car? I said, man, your transportation needs are taken care of. <laughs> and this guy got this big old shiny face. Your transportation needs are taken care of. He says, okay, what are we going to look for a car? I said, no, 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 not a car. I got a bicycle coming for you, brother. He said, a bicycle. He said, I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> I remember he said, I'm a grown-ass man. I can't be riding no bicycle. I'm a grown-ass man. And when he did that, I saw his heart. I said, you know what? That's what God told me to do for you. I said, you, you live six blocks away from the job. You can ride a bicycle till your turn until you things get better. And as a matter of fact, a bicycle in India is a luxury item in many places in India, in the outback. If you had a bicycle, man, you, you something. And he had this concept that somebody else was responsible to buy him a vehicle. And I said, your transportation needs are met. Now, he tried to put con uh, condemnation on me. 
man, I thought you was a good Christian. Yeah. I thought you was a real Christian. Man, I prayed that prayer with you, and I just thought that you was a for real Christian. Well, what did he try to do? He tried to use false guilt and shame to make me obey him to buy him some kind of a car. And, you know, I understood what he was doing. Well, I had to resist because I didn't want to see him suffer. That's my human compassion. But God's got higher compassion, and he, he wants this guy to be delivered. Well, obviously, the guy wouldn't take a free bicycle. And so I said, well, you know what? The bicycle offer is going to be there until you decide whatever you want to do. And he never did the, you know, ask me anything else again. Now I lost contact with him. But that's what I'm talking about, you know. So many times people, they, especially with close relatives or friends, you know, they know how to hit your hot button. Right. They know how to twist you. And so... Uh, you got to learn how to say, not my problem. You know what? I've got a couple of excellent resources. One's called anxiety because people cause you anxiety. And another one's called not my problem. So short. But uh, we can put it on AP Books. And if anybody wants to get the full version of it, it's a full teaching. But you will be delivered if you listen to it. It's not that big of a deal if you get light. You know one of the things, Rodrigo? is that our generation is trying to do by knowledge what can only happen by light. Our generation is trying to do by education what can only be accomplished through a visitation. When you had me talk to you, you had a visitation, you saw it. That's why it was so dramatic. You know, that's why it was so uh, life-changing because you saw the light in it. You saw it from light to dark. You saw what was happening. And then you have the power to resist it. But if it's just education and knowledge, uh, it's not going to help you. But these teachings have illumination in them, and it will cause a visitation. In fact, I would just tell you, if anybody's in this podcast and you feel something triggering inside of you, like, man, that sounds like me. That sounds like my relationship with this person or that person. Or they're always taking advantage of me. Or you feel like you're being taken advantage of you're probably carrying somebody's cares that are not yours. They're just not your cares. So I really feel like somebody hearing this today, you're going to get a visitation, you're going to get a dream, and some of you, you're already beginning to see, man, I've been taken advantage of by carrying something that's not mine. If you're hearing this today, just say this in a loud voice, no matter where you are, not my problem. Then that feel good? Not yes, my problem. Say it with some sarcasm. Not my problem. Don't be mean when you say it. Just realize <laughs> I'm not going to care. I'm not carrying this because it's not mine to carry. And you say, well, I'm going to lose their friendship. I would just say this. If you lose their friendship over not carrying some of their burdens, you didn't lose our friendship. You just lost a slave master. Right. <clears throat> you didn't lose. You didn't lose our friendship. You just lost a slave master. And just trust me. They'll find somebody else to play that game on to make them do things for you, for them. That is not their responsibility. Right. It's not their responsibility. Yeah. One of the things that I, that so, I as you were talking, that I really kept um, popping up in my mind was that everything in anybody's life. Uh, whether we want to realize it or not, 
starts with a seed, and that seed is either going to produce life or is going to produce death. And as I sat here, one of the things that was um, kept coming back to my mind from when I was struggling or dealing with other people's issues was that it redefined my responses, and it triggered responses that were not right. Um, I would, if I could not have helped my mom or whoever I was involved with at that time, it would cause anxiety to come on me. And it would, it was almost as if I had an addiction to problems. And if I did not have a problem in my life, I would make a problem in my life just so that I can feel better and become the hero. And it well, was... Let me just say this. Let me just, let me just say this and then go back to what you're saying. Do you know what your core, one of your core uh, values is that God put inside of you is a problem solver? Right. The two, the two years I've known you, you have a calling to solve problems, to execute. And like you'd like to finish stuff. You'd like to make sure things get done. Okay? So that's your strength. But what happened is that people were using your strength and pushing your strength into a negative area and it was a mixture because you wanted to do it because it was hitting your core values and your core anointing, which is administration. I can help you. I can help this person. But on the flip side, it was destroying you. Right. It was it was that strength that you had just being overused. And so you usually find that people that have strong serving gifts, strong mercy gifts, strong uh, relational gifts, strong relational uh, connections they really use like that where they they carry other people's you know cares uh that they shouldn't carry now next time we do a podcast we can talk about demonic cares it's another different whole story these are human cares right in some ways they're they're much more difficult to get rid of because i can bind the devil because i don't like the devil but it's hard to bind people that you're related to or you like <laughs> yes, this is true. And, and, yeah, you know, and you know what's something about people, relatives, you know, they they uh, will ask you for something. And when you don't respond the way that their expectations are, somehow you're the bad person. Now, wait a minute. You have no money. And you're asking me for some money. And you have as much time as I have. You have chosen for whatever not to work or whatever. And now you're blaming me because you don't have what you need. That's exactly what Adam and Eve did to God. Right. You know, it transferred that blame. And once you see this thing, hey, they're playing me for a fool. This is not right. It's not a problem to say, hey, not my problem. I know there's some people there that they're not going to say that out loud to the person. But let me give you something that's more sophisticated, something that's more, uh, less abrasive. This works just as well. When they ask you for some money, just say, not at this time. Just say, not at this time. Not at this time doesn't mean yes. It doesn't mean no. It just means not at this time. And it gets you out of the situation where you feel that soul pressure, that guilt pressure, that shame pressure, where you can still be a good person but I'm not going to be your slave, not at this time. But I really, I really believe that this is a, a vital word for many, many people. You know what? There are demons that are attached to this mindset. Demons of manipulation, condemnation, resentment, bitterness. 
you know, it's, it's really a form of slavery. It really is a form of slavery. So how, tell me how you feel once you started doing that on a continual basis. I mean, it was really liberating because I didn't have to, again, like you said, it created more time for me. And it didn't really, it just, it, it, it was, it's something that you have to experience and you have to do for yourself in order to be able to understand that because there is, there's a lot of explanation that I could put to it. But once you experience it, it's, it's so encouraging for yourself. And, you know, when you were sharing your, your stories about some of the things that you dealt with, um, for the sake of the guilty, I'm not going to say any names, but many people know that I work with Apostle Eckhart and I do most of his administration and different things. And I was connected at one point to a, another pastor that kept on asking me to do things for them. And like you said before, that one of my um, core values is to become a problem solver or I just enjoy doing administration. And as I began to realize that this other pastor, he was using exactly what you said. He was just overusing my niceness because I do have a gift of mercy sometimes where I'm just so nice that I won't say no. And because of my personality, I don't want to say no sometimes. So when I learned this is not my problem, it really, really, really helped me to create boundaries, not for pleasures, but for life. Because yeah, it allowed me to have more life inside of me and it made me just feel more free about everything. I didn't have to worry about things that that, that I shouldn't have been worrying about in the first place. And it I, took guilt and shame off of you. It took, yeah. yeah, it took the shame off of me because now one thing that you said earlier that was so true when you were talking about human cares and that those that are imposed on you and shame is that it really shapes how you see the world because you see the world as you are and so when you oh, when you carry the problems of other people you see that you see it through that lens and so in whatever relationship you get into you start seeing it from that perspective and then people wonder how come they have so many broken relationships but most of the time is because somebody sent somewhere and it opened that door to a problem that there that it wasn't theirs and that was one of my main issues even I remember I mean I can have so many stories about how many times this happened to me but being liberated from it and not having to worry about it like you said they will that person or that problem that they're trying to impose on you they will find another victim and another person but I know now for sure it's not gonna be me because it's not my problem you know several things number one you're gonna have you're gonna have faith for reconnection just like Jesus had faith for resurrection. Right. I'm going to say it again. You have got to have faith for reconnection. Just like Jesus had faith for resurrection. In other words, okay, I'm not going to be your slave. I'm not going to be your puppet. I'm not going to be the dummy that does everything you want just because you make me feel guilty. I believe that God's going to release me and lead me to somebody new. He's going to release me to somebody that recognizes my value, my true value. Well, in between the time you say, not my problem, if they break off of you, there's a tendency to feel like, was I too harsh? Was I too abrupt? Was I too mean? By telling them no. And Satan will come and start working an accusation guilt trip on you. He's the accuser yes. of the brethren. He'll, I mean, when the devil talks, there's always a flavor of accusation in it. I mean, it's got something demeaning about I thought you were my friend if you really loved me if you was a good person if you was a good Christian that kind of a thing it's always got this accusation 
it goes right down to how you see yourself. And the second thing is, one of the reasons that this has a continual residual effect on certain people is because their identity, they have a shame-based identity, how they see themselves. They don't see themselves as God sees them. And so, you know, they're trying to find some form of redemptive uh, behavior through work. Right. Let me just say that that 20% of the people that are hearing this podcast, this is not their problem. They have no problem saying to people, no, I don't want to do that. But it's the 80% of the people, many times the passive-aggressive people who don't like conflict or confrontation, they fall into this trap. And then they start having resentment and anger and bitterness and unforgiveness because they don't want to say something to back out of this trap. Yeah, that's so true. And so they start having all kind of anxiety. And then when they meet that person, they have anxiety. And if they tell them no, then the next time they get together, they're uncomfortable because they're taking that shame and blame and false guilt into their own soul. And now they're toxic. Now they have all these issues. Now they're trying to wrestle with themselves all because they did not see themselves the way God sees them. Yeah, you know, I I think... I just think one of the things that's, that's important too uh, that I want to mention is that when I first met um, Melanie and those who know is my wife, I had already full throttle applied this not my problem mentality, and for years, yeah. <laughs> for years, um, yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah, for years, Mel, she's got people around her that because of life and how it pl- played out for her because of the decisions of those that are in her life that created codependency problems for her so when scenarios would come up she would feel that she has to obligated to do certain things and we had a couple of disagreements and you know she wasn't throwing me out the window or I wasn't it wasn't aggressive but it was this is not your problem and so one of the things that I want to say for those people that are in a relationship or that you're in a friendship and you have the capacity to say not my problem but your person your friend or whatever this person is to you does not have that ability yet be patient and have mercy on them because it does take some time to develop that and to allow them to fully come into that place of maturity and I think that most responses to any scenario reveals one thing about the person and that is the spiritual maturity of that person. It reveals your age and it reveals how you are. So, you know, I think Kev has this one great saying <clears throat> that always says, you see the world as it, not as it is, but as you are. And oftentimes we can become so um, blinded by our own perspectives that we just override people's um, emotions and gifts. And so let those people that may be struggling, that may be... Um, not perhaps be as aggressive or as courageous as you are to make that decision. Be patient with them, pray for them, but most certainly encourage them that this is not their problem. And once she began to do this, it created a level of freedom, not only for her, but in our relationship. And I think that there is a lot of relationships that today, whether it be friendships or in any other capacity, that have a lot of problems because one of them is for not my problem and the other one is for, is it is my problem. Right. And you know, one of the things that happens, uh, Rodrigo, is that when you're around those people and they're in your life all the time, we're talking about 
you see them either daily or weekly or you go to school with them or you're in some kind of activity with them or you work with them the way they talk to you creates a false sense of obligation right they just create this false sense like somehow i'm obligated to do this um you know like if a if a guy buys a girl an expensive dinner she feels obligated to kiss him or to have sex with him because it created an obligation because he gave her something versus hey what i'm not going to do that that's not that's not bible that's not god and when you understand how to discern that sense of false obligation that people are trying to put on you, then you can say, this is not my problem. And it's by revelation. And so one of the things that you have to realize is that if you're hearing this podcast right now, you can understand that you may have a bondage. It's like if I took a piece of sewing thread and wrapped it around two of your fingers, you could probably break that that sewing thread because you're strong to do it but if I take that sewing thread and wrap it around 30 40 50 times you can't break it down because now it's a bondage that repeated action of having lived in that situation for a long time creates that that bondage and that bondage is real it is not something that you can just walk away it has to be broken it has to be cut loose and sometimes it requires somebody else stronger than you because you're the one in the middle of this thing to <laughs> yeah. um, to break out of it. You know, one of the things you can also see is that people have cycles of behavior. So they get loose from one person that's taking advantage of them, and they get in a relationship with somebody else doing the same thing. Right. It's like they're programmed for that slave mentality or that, that you know, I have this codependency and they're created wherever they go. And so uh, this whole thing about not my problem, when it starts entering into your soul, man, you start getting freedom. You start having much more difficult times being uh, taken into captivity. It's just really a wonderful revelation, but it's just that it is a revelation. Now we're sharing the truth, but now you have to go and get with God and get the revelation by the Spirit so you can see it in the Spirit that, oh man, I see this for myself. It's not just the teaching that Kevin had. I can see it for myself. Right. That's so true. Now, in closing, I do want to encourage those that have uh, taken the time to listen to this podcast. We're going to make that teaching available um, at kevinleo.org and also at um, apbooks.store. And if you want to download the full um, MP3s and teachings, I think that it will be very valuable for those who are listening. Um, do you have any uh, closing words? Yeah, I just want to say that when God gives a word like this, because let me just say, we live in a in a victim culture. We just live in a dramatic victim culture. And so victims never take responsibility for their own actions. And so there's a heightened sense of this uh, victimization where people are trying to put the blame on everybody else but themselves. So it's strong in our culture right now and little kids have it teenagers have it the millennials have it it's not you know just given to any one type of people it's human nature thing it's bound in our human nature and so because we have such a victim culture right now it's very easy for you to be the bad guy if you don't give something if i don't say something if i'm not the one that you know has to to do all the caring of the heavy loads 
somehow it's my problem, it's my fault. And that is something when it first happens, you have to push back and push back hard. You have got to push back and push back hard because Satan wants to take you captive. And there are some women out there, especially, that you have lived like this all your life. You've lived like this. Your daddy was a dominator. Your brother was a dominator. Your first husband was a dominator. You just have never felt empowered. And you're waiting for somebody else to set you free. This is the word to set you free. You go to God and you say, Lord, show me how to distinguish what the cares are. Human cares, they're my responsibility. God gave me the grace to handle it. Human cares, not my responsibility. Somebody else is trying to get me to do something they should do for themselves. Number three, demonic cares. They come from a realm of evil that's designed to sidetrack me and distort me and to bring me into captivity. And I just pray that God gives you illumination about those three kinds of cares and you cast them away so Satan has no bait inside of you to take you captive. Well, that's so good. Well, thanks for those that have tuned into this uh, segment of uh, Beyond the Pulpit. We'll catch you next time. Beyond the Pulpit with Rodrigo Luna. This episode was produced to explore life beyond public ministry, finding a balance between life, ministry, and the call of God.